Yo, 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 this is the Good Life Podcast, The Kickback. It is your boy, Good Life Russ. I go by that on all social media handles. Uh, thank you for tuning in. This is a podcast about mental health. It's about culture. It's about what it means to be Black. It's about unprivilegedness. If that's a word, we're going to make that a word. But this podcast is about everything. It's about education, and it's definitely about health. So thank you for tuning in. If you're new, if you've been here, we appreciate you. Stick around for a little bit longer, and we're going to get right into it. So we have a special guest today, Miss Portia. How are you doing today? Hey, <laughs> I'm good. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. I can't complain. Um, life is where it should be right now, so I'm good. Oh, that's good. That's yes. good. Not a lot of people can say that. <laughs> Absolutely. It takes a lot of work, but I love, I love it here. That's good. That's okay. So um, you are, this is your first time on the show and yeah. I'm excited because you have so much that you want to share with us today. I know Offset, offset you said you want to talk about Kwanzaa, already had me interested because it's something I'm actively, adamantly learning and researching right now. So can you give us some background on Kwanzaa, please? Yes. Okay. Well, before I tell y'all about Kwanzaa, I just... Let me tell you about myself mm -hmm. and why Kwanzaa is important to me. So you can put two and two together. But um, yeah, so hi, everybody. My name is Portia Mystique. Thank you for having me on the show for the first time. I'm super excited because the show is dope. So I'm glad to just even have the opportunity. Thank you. But um, I'm the founder of the Emancipation Movement, the CEO of Mystique Rose Publishing Services. And I'm also a co-host of a podcast, Motivational Motives. So I got a lot going on, but um, with the emancipation movement, we decided to host a free virtual Kwanzaa celebration because I grew up celebrating Kwanzaa, right? So my parents had us celebrating that when I was teeny tiny and we grew up always celebrating it. So it was always part of my life. So I would have moments where I would meet other black people and I would just you know, want to talk about Kwanzaa. And mm -hmm. I'll be like, oh, I've heard about that. Or what is, I'm like, oh, y'all are getting on my nerves right now, but not really because it's not your fault that you don't know. <laughs> but like, I feel like it's something we should all be doing. And so I've encountered yeah. that so many times in my life that I decided, forget it. I'm going to create something that allows people to understand the holiday, Okay. celebrate it okay. and make it a tradition something that they can continue to do every year and pass it down to their children so i like that um, yeah so I mean, I have like you ever so do you get in just in your opinion why would you feel you get pushback from it do you think it's lack of information or misinformation or a lot what do you think of, it contributes to i think it's a little bit of both um definitely lack of information because We've only started seeing it as a public, it's not even a like a government holiday. It's not a federal holiday right now. You do not get time off for Kwanzaa or anything like that. But um, it's only been established as a public holiday like recently. You know what I mean? So when you look right. at like Google Calendar, a couple of years ago on your Google Calendar, you didn't see Kwanzaa on there. You saw Hanukkah, right. you saw Christmas, you saw New Year's, but you didn't see Kwanzaa. You do now, you do now. So I feel like as of recently, okay, it's starting to become a thing that it's being recognized, but recognition and information are two different things. And right Absolutely. now they're not going hand in hand. 
So the recognition is there, but the information isn't. And so that it forces us to have to go in search of that information. And not too many of us care enough to do it because we don't know enough. Which, but then is, there's, which like, is sad because the irony is when you go search for that information, it means more to you. Like it's easier for you to obtain it and retain it. Exactly. Like personal to you now. <laughs> right. Because you want to, to seek that information rather than it just being delivered to you. Facts. So I just, I feel like there's also misinformation. The idea that Kwanzaa is a replacement for Christmas. Because some people will say, oh, I don't celebrate Christmas, but I will celebrate Kwanzaa. They're not the same thing. Kwanzaa is not religious based. It's not a religious holiday. It's not about your beliefs or your faith. It got nothing to do with that. So if you're Catholic or you're Christian or whatever, and you celebrate Christmas, do your thing. That is your holiday. Do it. It has nothing to do with Kwanzaa. And the fact that Kwanzaa comes the day after Christmas, so Kwanzaa is the seven-day holiday from December 26th to January 1st, it's at that time of year because of what it represents. It's about resetting our mindsets and getting our community back together before the new year so that when that new year comes, we can progress the way we're supposed to. Mm-hmm. That's why it's at that time of year. It got nothing to do with the holiday season. And I feel right. like that misinformation... I don't know if it was intentional or not, but a lot of people take that. A lot of Black people take that and say, oh, well, I'm a Christian, so I'm going to celebrate Christmas and not Kwanzaa. One doesn't have anything to do with the other. So I feel like we need to change that mindset. In okay. Concrete. I I have nothing to add to that. It was so well put. Um, <laughs> I, I agree 100%. I'm assuming um, this is a lot of the reasons the, the emancipation movement became a thing. And it so that's hard in 2020. Go ahead, say what you was gonna say. Yeah, I mean, we still babies with it, <laughs> yeah. but it was always something that I've been doing or thinking about at as a at a young age. Okay. But I realized even when I was like 10 or 11 years old that the reason that we can't seem to evolve as a people is because we're not coming together in order to do that. So you look at other races and there's general knowledge that they have about thriving and not just surviving, but thriving, right? Building on that wealth, generational wealth. We hear about it all the time. Other races know how to do that without a problem. They're born into knowing that, but we're not. Half of us don't even learn this stuff until we're in our thirties or our forties. But why? What causes that? It's because those who do have that information, they hoard it, right? It's like, it's competition. Like, okay, I know the path, the road to success. I know how to travel it, but I'm not going to tell you. I'm just going to follow and do my thing. I'll tell my people. I'll tell my relatives. But I'm not going to tell you. You have to figure it out on your own. And that's a problem because other races don't do that. They don't do that. They don't hoard that information. It's shared. Within it's the a contradiction like not we obtain knowledge to share it like knowledge is not supposed to be held on to <laughs> exactly right is that not the definition of knowledge right yeah. so the fact that we don't know that stuff because it wasn't passed down to us from our parents because their parents didn't pass it down to them and their parents didn't pass it down to them so my husband and I put together the emancipation movement as a way to share that knowledge because a lot of us, a lot of black people have that information and they might be sharing it in their own way, but their reach is not there. Right. Yeah. yeah. And there's, and I think what you're just, you're, you're hitting the nail on the head. And I think what you're describing is what I like to consider like two different things. Like 
there's being smart and then there's being knowledgeable. You know what I mean? Being smart mm -hmm. is what we were taught. Being smart is just knowing a bunch of information. Being knowledgeable is knowing this information and being able to apply it to your life. So not just, you know what I mean? Being smart is just like you can win Jeopardy. But being knowledgeable is like you've actually used this information to live a better life, to live a more a better quality life, I would say. So I think, I think yeah, we were taught to be smart, you know what I mean, just to stay out of trouble. But to be knowledgeable is to get ahead, is to progress. And we definitely weren't taught progression. I think a lot of us fear progression. That's, that's one of the biggest barriers. It's just I don't know what's on the other side of progression, so I'm going to just stay right here, you know, where, I, where I'm comfortable yeah. I feel like that's a good all one. of this I, I that's why i love it that's why i love kwanzaa because it makes people uncomfortable and now i'm curious like why is this making y'all so uncomfortable like right that's this, this must really feel like the truth huh because you are running from this you running from this and i and i just now i'm at a space in my life where it's like okay i have i'm i can receive this new information you know what i mean um i like to learn new information gradually throughout my life but i also believe like there's a season for things and there's a time when, you know, things will actually come in fruition. So right now, like everything's been clicking. Like I've met a couple of friends who are like, yeah, I can even, you know, share some information with you about Kwanzaa. Like it's just, it's everywhere. So I'm like, yeah, this is right now. Like I have to learn <laughs> and right. I feel like it'll be something that, we keep doing. Exactly. And it's funny that you mentioned friends because that's such a huge part of it. Right. Like if we do not edify our circle as we grow, we ourselves can't progress. So if you're standing around the Absolutely. same people who aren't involving, you yourself won't evolve. So Absolutely. you have to make sure you get that group of circle, that, that group of friends in that circle so that you can progress and you can learn. Being the smartest person in your circle is never a good thing. Mm -mm. Nope. I need friends that are smarter than me because then mm -hmm. they can help me. They can teach me and I can learn from them. And that in and of itself, that back and forth, learning from each other, a lot of people will say, oh, well, it sounds like you're just using your friend. That's not, that's not true. Because being able to share that information and receive that information actually creates a bond. And so these people that I'm learning from, these are lifelong friends that I have now. Absolutely. Just because we're able to have that discussion, they could teach me stuff. Maybe I could teach them a thing or two. Like I would say 90% of my friends are about 10 years plus older than me. Okay. And, and I just think maybe, the, I don't know why. We could get into the psychology. We got of that old later. <laughs> yeah, we definitely can get into that. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same. I think you're just ahead of your years. You know what I mean? Your earth years. You just like mentally you're ahead of that. That's so you attract mm -hmm. those people who are there in life, you know what right. I mean? At that point. Exactly. But no, I agree with you hundred percent. I think it's why I want to learn any new trait, any new thing I can pass to my kids. I want to make sure this is like refueling me as well this isn't just something yeah. we're doing like so I, I agree with you wholeheartedly I don't knock people for doing Christmas but Christmas just doesn't fill my family up it just doesn't fill me up I don't feel the love like I feel like it got lost in translation what it was and at one point in time people value like the meaning of Christmas and now it's just about business so mm -hmm. I I'm cool <laughs> I already do business I don't need holidays to do business I'm cool <laughs> I mean, so, I'm definitely one of those people one of those black people that still love Christmas like I love me some Christmas <laughs> and I know a lot of people say oh girl you black you shouldn't be into that you should be focusing on Kwanzaa and I'm like one does not have to do with the other my husband is Catholic 
I've never been religious. I did not grow up in a religious home. So the fact that I married a Catholic man has definitely changed my, my worldview. So I see things now from his perspective. That doesn't mean like I, I, I haven't converted. All the time, yeah. Say that again. I said it doesn't mean you agree. You just understand. Right, definitely. I understand. So I taking on that perspective and seeing his way of life and the way he views things, it's actually so impactful to me. But a lot of that is blended into his meaning of Christmas. And so I was able to take, you know, my love for Christmas music, Christmas movies, Christmas uh, life, and fire. I'm able to <laughs> <laughs> the best parts. <laughs> yeah, well, I love that stuff, right? I don't know why. Maybe I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know, but I love it. But I love it even more now because I was able to grasp my husband's meaning of Christmas and kind of blend it in with mine. So we have like this nice, warm love session around Christmas. And then on top of that, our anniversary is on the 20th of December. So it just kind oh, of yeah. back to back. Yeah. I feel like that is kind of the meaning of love in a sense, like really having two different like ideas on both ends of the spectrum, but we can still meet in the middle and love each other, even though we have these two completely ideas about the world. That doesn't mean like we can't share the world together. Like, I think right. that's really dope. I, I really think that's, that's, that's nice. Right. So, and I feel like um, we need to be doing that together, not in not in just marriage but even in yeah, friendships like, and yeah and family like why is it always always you know a problem when one person has one idea and somebody has another and it's like okay just because i think differently than you it has to be friction there has to be a problem and it's just i think trauma is the barrier that. there i think a lot of people still have a one-sided view of relationships i i view i view relationships on one spectrum i hold all my relationships to the same standard you know what i mean even my romant my romantic ones my friends my family my peers my colleagues whomever so mm -hmm. i think there's just a lot of people have a one-sided view of relationships they treat all the relationships differently they don't nurture them the same way they don't feel they need to be nurtured the same way Mm -hmm. So I think they people fall short there, but if you kind of gave everyone the same respect, you know what I mean, and same decency and understanding, like the relationship would work differently. But we right. again, that's things we go into we weren't taught. So unless you give this to yourself, you probably don't have it. Right? Because I've never thought of that. <laughs> I've yeah. never thought of that that way. The fact that people do cultivate relationships differently based on maybe the title or the label that they have. Yeah. So it's like, okay, I'm going to do this one thing with my husband, but when I have a relationship with my with my girlfriends or whoever, you know, it's going to be different. I'm only going to care but so much. And, yeah. I mean, I'm a Scorpio, so that's I difficult am too. for me. Like, I, hey! Yeah, 27, yeah. <laughs> Word. <laughs> but, like, because of, I feel like because of that, I don't know why I'm mentioning that, because I don't fully believe in astrology, but... Um, you do yeah <laughs> been into it well, word okay yeah. but I do feel like a part of that plays a part because I'm a very passionate person yeah. so it translates into every relationship that I have and okay. but on the flip side if you screw that up I'm done and dusted and it's okay yeah it's okay yeah. with me so See, that's that is in its essence I think what astrology is too like <laughs> honestly it's 
So we have ways that we are. We have things that we think about that we don't understand why we think about these things. This more so is a guide to explain these things. And then you feel certain energies coming off certain people. So their guide explains why their energy is this way and why this energy does not mesh well with you. It's like science. Right. It's like what explaining why water and oil doesn't mix. It's the same thing. And sometimes we get around those energies consistently and we're like, oh, no. We ignore it because we don't understand why we feel in this way. But your body doesn't lie to you. So your soul doesn't lie to you. So if you ever feel uncomfortable, you know why. You just have to accept why. And it may hurt somebody close to you's feelings. So sometimes we Mm -hmm. separate the two in relationships. See, I don't live like that. I have a standard. So like, for example, if you have children, like do what you can for those children. If you just, you know what I mean? A completely terrible person, I can't rock with you. If it's a relationship, a friendship, a family member, a colleague, right. like I, I can't. And that's that's the standard of a relationship for me because I don't mm. want to compromise myself in a relationship. I don't feel like we should be being torn down in a relationship. We should be feeling built up, you know what I mean? Yeah. On the work that yeah. we're already doing. So yeah, there has to be boundaries. And a lot of us that don't understand boundaries. We aren't taught boundaries. And I'll be yeah. understanding that when I when I come across certain folks, like, oh, nobody taught you boundaries. All right, let me humble you here today. Let me talk to you like yeah. your daddy should have talked to you, because I don't know what's wrong with you. <laughs> that, was, nah. that was definitely something I had to learn, because even now, like, I, my life has been one crazy turn after the next, and a mm. lot of it is through what I didn't know. And, like, mm. you always hear the phrase, if I only knew what I know now, because I didn't understand boundaries and I thought relationships had to be forced based on the title that that person had. Oh, okay. So that's the sibling. So this is what you have to do. Or that's the parent. So this is what you have to do. That's the one side. I grew up being told that. I grew up saying, okay, well, I don't care, but that's your daddy. So you have to, whatever, whatever. And it wasn't until after, you know, later in life. And even after I got married that I realized, that's a lie. It is that's nonsense. A lie. It's nonsense. People are still people. But there's I a reason for it. There's a reason for it. And I and I okay, so back, so just insight on me for you. I grew up in the church. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I my eldest son passed away. So like that was the point where I left the church. There was a bunch of um ill-informedness, just people, you know, I know what you're going through, which out there, just you know, tell people my condolences. You don't have to try to like simulate what someone's going through if you've never been through the situation just say my condolences and then move forward so like that stuff kind of rubbed me the long way got out of church got into spirituality which i had already been kind of doing this my whole life i just didn't know what i was doing so when i started to understand that like progressed into that you know what i mean so like here today (laughs) like i do my shadow work um like i've healed most of my trauma i'm still working still creating new trauma healing that trauma like the process goes on working on these things with my kids so like you really have to devote your life to something you know what i mean and and in the process of me devoting my life to understanding myself i've been understanding people more and i think a lot of times we get in spaces to where we're not conscious of like our existence like what we're saying and how it affects other people how we're moving and how it affects other people we're just reckless with what we're doing so i don't even i don't denounce the bible like i've read the bible three times front to back i don't denounce the bible there's a lot in there that makes sense but there was a lot too that i had to question and i was asking myself like okay 
because I, I only believe in forgiving myself and I forgive myself for what I allow people to do to me. I forgive myself for situations I put myself in that were unfavorable, but I don't believe in forgiving other people. I don't think that's the thing we need for closure. I don't, I don't agree in that. I think we can forget and move on, but I don't feel like I have to forgive you for said situation. So how I look at it is the people who are always asking you for forgiveness are the people in the wrong, like the people who are hurting you. Because a person who is doing right by you and investing in you, how how frequently do they ask for your forgiveness for anything? Right. How yeah. frequently do you ask for your husband's forgiveness for things? You know what I mean? We're already living in a way that I'm not, I'm not living, I'm living everything I say I'm doing. <laughs> so right. you don't got nothing to worry about. But the people who are constantly, you know, you need to forgive your neighbor, forgive this person, and forgive that person. And that, and that person that do rock for your window, just forgive them. And I had to, like, why why y'all always all asking for all this forgiveness? <laughs> Unless y'all out here wronging right. people. You know what I mean? And then yeah. when, when I got outside of that and I removed myself from certain relationships, when it's when I get a certain vibe, I'm out, I, I can read energies. I'm a big energy person. Like, I don't even have to talk to most people. I feel your energy is off. I'm okay. I wish you well out there. You know what I mean? But we don't have, yeah. we have nothing here. <laughs> this, 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 there's nothing here. So I move on and then moving on, I like to reflect. I like to see still, I like to humble myself. Was there anything I could have said different? Did I come off too harsh? You know what I mean? Was I being mean just to be mean? Could I just have ghosted them and went away? Or did I have to give them, you know, a monologue of why I'm leaving and why you need to get better and blase skip. And sometimes I, I realize like we don't come from places of humility. Like we don't give ourselves grace. You know what I mean? Even when we're trying to teach sometimes we come off condescending. And we come off like arrogant. <laughs> it blows yeah. my mind when people say that to me because it's really like I'm just I just know things and I'm just I learn. I'm not I don't think I'm better than nobody because I read books and I know what I know. That's just something I was going to do, whether there were other people in this world or not. I would have read books. Right. <laughs> this isn't personal. Right. But then I try to understand what place they're coming from as well. You know what I mean? Like, man, am, am I are we coming on condescending with how we teach? Do we need to figure out a new education? Do we need to figure out a new way we share information? You know what I mean? So right. these are all yeah. things that, these are conversations I love being a part of. I feel like this is our life. This is our kids' lives and their kids and so on and so forth. My so, heart is off to you because I have not <laughs> achieved that. I, <laughs> I still got a long way to go when it comes to being able to say that like so with so much conviction because I'm still like iffy and who I am like I know I am who I am I don't think I'm going to change but being able to pinpoint my flaws and reflect on them in the situations that I'm dealing with oh I have a hard time with that yeah so that's that's what I use spirituality for like what people consider like magic and stuff like that's that's literally what I use it for to be able to because there's okay so when you're having a conversation there's three people in this conversation there's the person who's talking there's a person who's listening there's a person who's witnessing this conversation we have to learn to get in this space. And, and, and to give background, I do yoga, meditation. Like I do things to be able to achieve this stuff. So you right. have to be in each place while conversation is going on. I have to hear what I'm saying, put myself in your shoes and take in how you're receiving it and put myself in a third party shoes who's witnessing our interaction with each other. And I have to be all three of these in the conversation for many reasons, because I don't, I spend a lot of time in my work. I'm, I'm like, I'm closed off. I'm isolated. You know what I mean? I'm by myself more than I'm with other people. 
So mm-hmm. for that reason, like this interaction with you, I have to be careful how I say things because I can insult you. I can offend you. Like, I don't know your life. I don't know how your life is structured or set up. So if I'm just saying a bunch of stuff I know and heard, you know what I mean? I'm not being conscious of how you're receiving this conversation. I'm just right. happy that I got another person to throw all these big words at. That's arrogance. That's condescending. And I've come right. in those places. You know what I mean? Even when I was writing the situation, I'm like, yeah, okay, I could have said this differently. And, and that's what a lot of this is, is just giving yourself options. Like, okay, I did do this and it worked out for me, but I could have did this a little differently. Like, it right. could have been less damage on the back end. You know, I might not have pissed my auntie off. Like, all right, like next time, and, and this is the journey, like this is the process. It's just next time. It's forgiving yourself because you fucked up. You're human. This is younger mm-hmm. you. They didn't know nothing. They don't know what you know now. Like they ain't got shit on you. Okay. So forgive them because they were just being young. Yeah. And now you're not. And now you know, you feel me? So now it's a gift. So now instead of dwelling on that and like, damn, I fucked up and life is over. You're like, you know what? I fucked up, but life goes on. And right. now I learned. So now I don't have to start over completely in this next situation. I can start over an experience. I can start over right. with now knowing I got options. And that that's, that changes everything. You know what I mean? That's that, that feeling smart. when you walk into a test and you already know everything on this motherfucker. Exactly. <laughs> you can't wait. You anxious now because her even put this test out so I can bang all these answers. Out. I, I already it. know all <laughs> But there's a whole different kid sitting right next to you who did not prepare for this. Their parents was up arguing all night. They didn't get no sleep. They had to put their little sister to sleep. Yeah. And they in a whole same classroom next to you. So you ran and raving. I got done first. Not You're not being considerate of this person next to you. Right. Rightfully so. You shouldn't because you're a child. But those are things we could be teaching them as well. Like, yo, you ain't the only one in here. Be mindful of that in several ways. Right. You know, you're not in room you're in your room by yourself where you can just let let your hair down, be here naked, dancing around like there's other people in here. <laughs> right. So I mean, we that's, think, yeah, that's it's it's deep thoughts. <laughs> yeah. But that's where we that's, need to be because there's other we have to we have to show more respect for ourselves, this earth, and each other. And I and that's why I love Kwanzaa. I feel like that's gonna help me just it's gonna fit right into who I am. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, and it and it should, and that's for me. That is the biggest ideal behind Kwanzaa, because it wasn't just. I mean, all history. Kwanzaa was created by Dr. Malana Karenga in 1966. This would have been right after the Watts riot in LA, which is the second worst riot in American history, only yeah. to the Rodney King riots. So all of that happened, and then he created Kwanzaa. And of course, the first thing people are saying are, "Oh, you trying to." What are you trying to do with this? You're trying to take away Christmas. Black people shouldn't celebrate Christmas. And, you know, but it wasn't for me. And I don't know. I would love to have a discussion with him and ask him what was in your head. Because anything you read in books and stuff is all speculation. Absolutely. So I want to have a personal conversation with him to see what was in his head. But for me, Kwanzaa was about that having the ability to love yourself and love each other. And I don't mean that just like the whole, oh, you know, the idea of just loving somebody, you know, it's much deeper than that. To love yourself isn't just to say, oh, I love who I am, or I love what I do, or I love my life. But I feel like loving yourself is being able to cultivate a relationship with yourself. And Kwanzaa was about doing that for you, but then also doing that for the people in your community. Can you love someone else? Can you care for them? Can you cultivate that relationship? Can you wish them well? And I think that's what it was about. And so the fact that 
and anything and everything in Kwanzaa, none of it is by accident. Everything has a purpose. By design. So, exactly. So the first day of Kwanzaa, Umoja, is unity. And for me, that is the most ingenious day to have, the, the most ingenious principle to have on the first day, right? Because how can you celebrate anything if not everybody's together? Right. You can't. Everybody has to come together first. Right. So you have unity. Then Kujishakulia, self-determination. Ingenious. Because... After everybody come together, you still need to look inward because even though you're in this group of people, being in that group doesn't mean anything if you don't know who you are, if right. you don't know what you're capable of. Absolutely. So if you understand that, okay, I'm in this community with my brothers and sisters, what is that about? What does that mean for me? What am I determined to do for us? You have to have that self-determination. So it just goes goes on and I don't know how much time we have, but oh, yeah. it goes. Um, keep going, go off. <laughs> okay <laughs> it, it just goes on and on right because okay then day three ujima that is yeah. uh collective work and responsibility so after you've determined who you are everybody has come together now we need to work together and we need to bring that response everybody needs to be responsible for each other this isn't just a situation where you can focus on your family Oh, okay. This is this is my my mom, my dad, my siblings, my auntie, my uncle, my cousins. These are the people I'm worried about. It has to go beyond that because Absolutely. if everybody is only ever worried about themselves, we as a people can't progress. Absolutely. So we have to have collective work and responsibility so that we can hold each other accountable for everything the whole community does. And I know that sounds crazy. You look at the black community right now and where we are and how many of us are considered the bad eggs, right? And a lot of people say, oh, well, I'm not going to be responsible for that idiot that's doing whatever he's doing. But you have to be, right? Because that idiot that's doing whatever he's doing, who's correcting him? Right. And you will say, oh, well, it's not my responsibility. Why not? He represents you. He represents what you got going on. He represents your people. So why shouldn't you go and correct him? And like, and of course, it makes me think about like mainstream rap, right? I'm definitely an indie girl. I love my underground rap. I'm not, I don't really like mainstream rap, especially today's mainstream I don't rap. need, I'm the same. <laughs> or, yeah. But like you look at these young cats that are out there and they are doing the worst. Like they are terrible. And then you have these old heads that have been in the game for so long and you see them saying, oh, yeah, the, what that person is doing is fine. Like, it's okay. Is it? Yeah. No, you have to take responsibility for that young that young one that's in your game. But they can't because, like you said, they didn't take responsibility for their own life. So they don't exactly. have the authority. And authority comes from respect. So if you don't respect mm -hmm. yourself, others won't respect you. Exactly. And that's why self-determination is day two. Because if you have it determined within yourself that you're going to hold yourself accountable, can't do that for nobody else yeah you gotta shut your mouth you gotta shut your mouth yep. shut and up. it's okay to just be quiet people out there in the world if you don't know it's okay to doing. just not say anything it is that's okay but if you feel like if you're in a place where you know that you can be of help that you can help somebody or correct them or guide them. It doesn't even have to be a correction. It's coming from a place where you got to reprimand this, this person or discipline them. But if you can guide them, do it. Yeah. But you have to have that self-determination first to know that you are capable of doing that. So and then, I mean, okay, after... I agree. Uh, go ahead. I was going to... No, no, I was going to move on. 
Okay, so yeah, let me add on to your thought for a second, but I, I agree, and I think that is just people restructuring their intent when it comes to um, taking and giving. Some people feel like, okay, I can put in 0.5, but take out three. I'm the type of person, I feel like if I'm taking one out of anything, I should be putting two in here in another area. You see what I'm saying? So like, if we have that mindset with each other too, then we will all have abundance. But a lot of people are taking more than they're putting back into these things. So it's yeah, it's not going to work for you. You got to, this is more about giving than receiving. So, exactly. okay, go ahead. <laughs> so then, okay, that was day three. So day four is Ujama, which is cooperative economics. We always talk, we always talk about buying and spending within our own communities. And we talk about that for a reason. A lot of people refer back to Black Wall Street and help prosperous the people work. It is amazing. And so we do need to continue to do that. But it's not just about buying and selling, right? Because when you think of cooperative economics, you think oh, we're sharing money. Money is trading hands. But I personally feel like economics goes beyond physical currency. Because what is wealth? Wealth isn't just money. Wealth is knowledge. Wealth is love. Wealth is comfort and safety. All of that, to me, is a part of wealth. And that all falls under economics. So to have cooperative economics means we need to share all of those aspects with one another, start pulling it in. So if you find out that you're not safe wherever you are, cooperative economics means that you can come back here to find that safety because it's being shared amongst each other. That security is being shared amongst each other. The same with knowledge. We know knowledge is the most powerful currency in the world. The biggest thing that people fight, kill over, go to war over is information. That's all it is. It's not money. It's information. So that, to me, is the biggest currency. So when we talk about cooperative economics, that economics is information. And that information needs to be shared collectively with everybody. And I it's just agree. Funny. It's funny. Yeah. But I, it, I just had a flashback. I've seen how that was getting demonized. I feel like everything that you described was gang culture like that's what people in the mm -hmm. ghettos were going to the gangs for in the night like around the time all of this was right. happening like literally but that's why the media had to make it a they didn't show everything the gangs were doing they didn't show the community help they didn't show you know what i mean like the mother a and what they were actually out here doing it's just right oh, let's paint this picture that's crazy because now i see why you know kwanzaa gets the the rep it does because that's I feel like those are a correlation. Like you just, like you said, you want to feel safe. I'm going to go somewhere. I feel safe. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And then like that misinformation yeah. causes people to not feel safe. So if we're talking about cooperative economics, we're sharing that information. Part of that information is the truth, yeah. the truth and the reality of the situation. And it's like, no matter what you see on TV, no matter what you're looking at on social media, which I feel like is a terrible representation of the black community. Yep. Start sharing the wealth, have that cooperative economics within one another, between each other, so that the truth can be told. And it's really it's as simple as that. It's not that difficult, I feel like. It's not, yeah. it's not that hard. And that's but. word of mouth. Because <laughs> exactly. I'm very underground. Like Carol Swan said, everything ain't supposed to be mainstream. It just right. gets, it gets watered down. But word of mouth and in your community and barbershop and salon talk like that's the stuff that's how we pass that's, that's how we've been passing information podcasts 
you know what I mean? Through our music, through poetry, and I write poetry too. So like, that's all how we pass information for each other. That's why when we're speaking, we should have substance because we don't know who's listening. And somebody could have needed to hear this today. That's true. That is true. So then, okay, after cooperative economics, day five is Nia, which is purpose. And I feel like after you go through those four days, we need to start to determine, well, what is our purpose? So, okay, we came together, we uh, determined who we are, what we want to do. We put our responsibility and our work together, and then we pooled our wealth, right? What are we going to do with those four things? Right. We have no idea. So we need day five. We need purpose because purpose will help us determine what we're going to do with those four things that we have just obtained. Nice. So I, and like I said, like, that's why I love quantum so much because everything has a purpose. Mm-hmm. Nothing is done by accident. The order of the days, it's all for a reason, or at least I think so. Maybe it was, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I Maybe can, see, I can see it as we're going. Yeah. They definitely go hand to hand. Right. Exactly. So, okay, day five is purpose. So let's say we obtained the other four. We came together. We, uh, where am I? We, okay, we came together. We brought our work and our responsibility together. We are sharing the wealth. And we, uh, okay, I forgot self-determination. But whatever. We know who we are and what we're doing. And now we have purpose. So we know exactly what we're going to do with those four things. So that means we have we have a plan, bro. We got we know exactly what we're doing. We know how we're gonna enact it, and we know what we want to achieve. So what can we do after that? We can have a little bit of fun, and that is Kumba creativity is day six. So and I think we all know how creative our people are. So yeah. imagine let's let's we uh, bring it in a little bit and let's say it's just you right you're the only one going through this so unity was about you coming together with yourself whether it's your spiritual self or emotional mental whatever you are bringing yourself together then you have self-determination you did that you determined who you are who you want to be then was cooperative work and uh collective work and responsibility so you figured out what you need to do and you take responsibility for your actions, right? This is all you, you're doing the damn thing. You got this. Then after that is cooperative economics. You get your money right, right? And not even just money, but your wealth. So now you have made yourself wealthy. You got those four things together. Then you figured out what you want to do. You now have a purpose. So you have those four things and now you have a purpose. So once you figured out your purpose and you implemented all of the previous things that you obtained, what are you going to do now? You're going to get creative with it. You know exactly what you're doing now. So now you can get creative with it and start to actually implement those things. And that's what Kumba is about. It's about creativity. And when we think creativity, of course, everybody starts thinking, okay, music, movies, stories. And yes, that is all forms of creativity. But creativity goes beyond the arts. Being creative also means being creative in the actions that you take. Being creative in the relationships that you foster. Because not everything is so black and white, right? It's not all linear. So in order to achieve a happy and full life, you got to get creative. You can't just go by the book. You have to be creative and figure out the best approach for you and your people. And so I think that's what creativity is about as well. I agree. Yeah, I'm following you. I'm following you. You're okay, on fire good. right now. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, 
Okay, Mia. Day six. Okay, day six. Okay, so day seven, the last day of Kwanzaa, which is on January 1st, the first day of the new year. So let's go back. Let's say you have done all this stuff. You are so happy in your life. You're centered. You're at peace and you're having fun with it all. What do you need to do now for the new year? You need to have faith. That's what Imani is. Imani means faith. Because now that you've achieved all that, you now need to have faith that it will continue throughout the year. You now need to have faith in yourself that you can continue this. And so let's make it big again. And we're talking about the entire Black community. We need to have faith in each other now. Let's say we achieved all of those things. We celebrated all of this stuff together. Everybody is on the right page. We're all of the same mindset. We all are, we, we here, we here. Mm-hmm. So that last day of Kwanzaa, the first day of the new year, it's about faith. Because Kwanzaa's over now, right? The celebration it, itself, the celebration itself doesn't continue throughout the year. So you have to have faith that what you put in place those last seven days will get you through the new year until next year, until next Kwanzaa. And I feel like that, to me, that was genius to have faith on the last day. So basically, essentially, the only only thing that was adapted from religion, I'm not religion, but um, holidays were the structure, were the tradition, that the fact that, you know, rinse and repeat, like we do this again next year and every year now, you're living a more accountable life like every because you have this reviewing period where it's like okay let's you know digress let's see what happened this year process it all and then this year let's move forward you know what i mean right but so, the yeah, name I, I like that i i do feel like the names like the principles of kwanzaa and where he got that all from that is from a tradition like a west african tradition so yeah. the whole the whole idea of kwanzaa is from the swahili term matunda ya kwanzaa which means first fruits. So it's all, it's during the harvest of the first fruits. So, I mean, I don't know if we would call that a holiday, but well, it's some, I think it's the, it's the language gap we have to bridge to the people we're educating because they think holidays and traditions are the same thing, but it's because a lot of people don't have many traditions. And if you don't have a, a big insight on your family history, you probably don't have very many traditions to upkeep or you feel connected to. You know what I mean? I think that's how holidays got put in place. People started to lose the meaning of tradition. So they're like, oh, well, let's give you one. Like Christmas, (laughs) Coca-Cola, what y'all think? Christmas on the 25th. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's real. I mean, I feel like that. You know what I mean? So we have to, it's baby steps with some people. A lot of us do understand what tradition is, but a lot of people only understand what holidays are. And they are two different things. They're two different completely different things and that is part of our responsibility to cleaning up that misinformation because it is a lot of it out there yeah and it's hard to progress when you don't know the truth there's also information overload so it's not even just information but if you wanted if you yourself was like okay i'm gonna celebrate kwanzaa for the first time this year i'm so excited that you hop on google and type in kwanzaa you are just going to be lost trying to figure out what to do, what the things that you need and what to get and all that. You're going to be lost because there's, it's information overload. There's too much information there. So we definitely need, and that's why we're doing the Emancipation Movement Kwanzaa celebration because we need to narrow it down for people to say, here's what you got to do. Come and do it with us. 
You do it with us this year. And then next year, if you want to come and join us again, you can, but you don't have to because you know what to do. Yeah, there's no pressure. Yeah. Exactly. There's no pressure. So it's definitely the idea of just walking people through it, celebrating it with them. Because you can't, like, it's like, it's like telling a foreigner how to celebrate Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> it don't, I'm, I'm in Nigeria and let me tell you, I have tried to explain Halloween <laughs> to a number of Nigerians and they all get the same question mark on their face and I'm like, sorry, I just, I can't, I can't. You just have, let, let's go celebrate it and then you'll get it. You have to go through the actions in order to understand it because otherwise Absolutely. it's just, it's too much. You need You're gonna have to go back. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's too much. Because with <laughs> Halloween, you gotta go back and start talking about sowing, and then you need to talk about the pagans, and then you need to talk about <laughs> bail, and you need to like it's too much. You yeah. can't yeah. you can't tell somebody how to celebrate Halloween. They're gonna get work. lost in like you said, they're gonna get lost in all that. <laughs> yeah. They're gonna be been- knee deep in coffee, ain't slept in three days. Like okay, so so let's take a step back. So the little kids dress up as ghosts, right? Hmm. Like, <laughs> they even think about then, this three days, yeah. trying to make sense of this. <laughs> and so they knock. I should say when I tried to explain it to my mother-in-law, she was so lost. I'm like, so you know, go out. It's called trick or treating. That in and of itself, trying to explain why it was called trick or treating. That was a whole nother conversation. Then I had to explain that you knock on the door and you get candy. That was another conversation. Why candy? Why are you getting candy from strangers? Doesn't make sense. Then she was like, well, where did it start from? And I'm like, oh, Lord. So I had to pull up my phone, go to Google. How did Halloween start? Because I myself did not know. So I had to, we went through this whole Wikipedia page. And by the end, I'm reading, I'm reading the whole page to her, which was so stupid on my part, because at the end of, by the time we were done reading, she was just like, I don't care no more. Yeah. She didn't, <laughs> she's like, I'm done. I don't care. This is too much. I don't care. Enjoy y'all candy. Like, Enjoy scaring each other. That, that's cool. Yes. Enjoy y'all yeah. strangers. <laughs> Do your thing. Do your thing. I'm done. So... The same thing with Kwanzaa, right? If a person said, I want to celebrate Kwanzaa, they go down the rabbit hole of Google, clicking on 50,000 links and reading so many articles, and then they'll just come out the end with more questions. So it's like, okay, I know the history, but like, what do I do? And what is libation? And what do I put in the cup? And how many candles do I need? And how do I light it? And who lights it? And who leads the libation? So it's like all of that most people who even research Kwanzaa don't even get to that part. They don't even get to the fact that the eldest member of the family has to be the one to read the libation every night. And then you take the drinks and then the whole Harabe thing at the end. So it's just for people who don't know, and especially in this uh, culture of overload and information overload, it's too much. I agree. I agree. I think the back end on that too, something that will help people who are learning anything for the new time, for the first time, excuse me, you have to allow that thing time to grow in you. You have to allow this idea to form. I think that's also something we do in our generation, our culture. Um, I don't know how old you are. I'm 33, but I feel like for a lot of my generation, people are like, okay, this is some black stuff. All right, I'm going to try it once. And if it don't work this first time, I, you know what I mean? Like things take time. Hey. You can't do yeah. anything one time and then claim it don't work. You don't know. You need research. Exactly. Like you said, you need experience. You need time. You need consistency doing this. And then you can see if it works for you or not. 
But just mm-hmm. to say something doesn't work sounds like you don't want to do it. And exactly. And I feel like a lot of people <laughs> do that. And they'll wait until like Thanksgiving to say, <clears throat> oh, oh, I saw the calendar performance is coming up. I remember it's a black thing. So let me go hop on a computer and yeah. research it. From Thanksgiving to Kwanzaa is not enough time to figure out what it is that you need to do and why you want to do it. Because to celebrate Kwanzaa isn't just the action, right? Like we had the discussion. It's about the mindset, breaking it down and saying, what I told you is just what Kwanzaa means to me, right? Every day of of Kwanzaa is how I interpret it. But somebody else might interpret it differently. Maybe it's not so broad. Maybe it really is just about that small family or about that individual. I don't know. That's my interpretation. So if you choose to celebrate Kwanzaa, you could celebrate it that first year and not even know exactly what it means to you yet. And that's okay. So then you think about it throughout the year and then come back next year and it might have a different meaning that year because mm-hmm. you're going to evolve. So it's like, like I said, Kwanzaa is not just about the act of celebrating it yeah. because every item has a meaning. The Kanara has a meaning. The Unity Cup has a meaning. The crops that you put on the table, it has a meaning. If you can't break that down, even if you read it on a Wikipedia page, you have to break it down in your mind first to see what that means to you. And if it has no meaning for you, then maybe you shouldn't celebrate Kwanzaa. And that's okay. Not all Black people should. It's a mindset. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, Yeah, I think think a lot of times what you're explaining too, um, just to make that connection, is that purpose becomes like your North Star. It becomes ways that you can progress through life and get better actually because now you're conscious of a point that's going to come where you're going to reflect so now every day you're living in a way that's you know favorable to you once you get to this reflection period so like that's the point of I I, I'm seeing now doing that at the end of the year because now you have the whole year just to get back to this point again and once you get back to this point again it's not going to be the same reviewing process as it was the year before it's going to be completely different you know what I mean it should be yeah, exactly. If if you're doing different things in your life, but if you're doing the same <laughs> yeah. things, it's gonna look you're gonna get the same report card every year, same grade. Exactly. <laughs> it's never gonna falter. Like now I want some D's and F's at some point in my life. And at some point I had the B's and A's. Like I understand <laughs> I got better. You know what I mean? I progressed. Like that was a win for me. So I think these right. start to become things that are things that are guides for us when we do feel lost. When we are alone and stranded, it's like, man, I don't I don't know you know, what I'm going to do. It's like, remember, you got a period that you're going to be looking back on this day. So how do you want to look back and remember this day? And as you have that choice every day with every decision, with every word that comes out your mouth, with if you're lazy, if you give yourself all the effort, like this stuff becomes life lessons now. You know what I mean? (laughs) And and I think think things as we get bigger numbers and bigger crowds and we get the togetherness of an event that's what makes the entertainment of it but when you do things in a small group it's usually like enlightening it's usually educational but yeah when it's a thousand people out even if you're talking about Kwanzaa or Christmas like people think it's a party (laughs) like they here because a thousand people (laughs) there so yeah I think that is what our generation is learning as well when we do share information just like you said not overloading people with it giving you just enough that i know you'll retain some of this and not just be like oh well that make my head hurt i'm gonna stop thinking about it because <laughs> okay. two i want i want people to things i i educate them on i want you to learn this lesson you know what i mean i don't want to teach you this lesson so i'm going to give you enough mm-hmm. to where you got to kind of do some research and insight on your own 
And that's going right. to be your determination showing if you even want to do this or not. You know what I mean? Right. But I might tell you this whole spiel and you ain't even care. You were scrolling on your phone like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, and that's not, and that shouldn't be personal to the educator either. You know what I mean? That's, that's their path. Like what they want to learn is what they want to learn. So we just can right. put the information out there and then practice these things ourselves. And that's the biggest yeah. reason why I know I'm ready now because I know it's like for me. You know what I mean? I don't want to learn it because right. just because it's black or just because I got some peers doing it. It's like now I understand how this makes sense for me. So like, yeah, like, let's go. Yeah, that's what's up. Because definitely it was like, for me, I, I grew up in it. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it wasn't until maybe like a year or two where I started. I'm 29. I just turned 29. So it was okay. like maybe a year or two ago where I was like, hmm what does Kwanzaa really mean to me? Why did my parents celebrate it? Is it because my granddad started it? Like, what did it mean to them? I don't think it meant to them what it was supposed to. So like the fact that now I'm making it a thing for me and my husband to do, and when we have kids, it'll be a thing that they do. But what it means to me, especially as an American, is going to be completely different from what it means to my husband, who's Nigerian. Absolutely. So it's... I think that's one of the greatest things I love about Kwanzaa is that it's not so um, straight, you know, it's not, I don't know yeah. the, the word I'm looking for, but it it's, it's not so rules. straight. Yeah, it doesn't right, have exactly. It has the traditions, the traditions yeah. are there, but it's more so of a guideline. And yeah. okay, why are we doing the things that we have to do? Why do we read the libation? Why do we drink from the cup? Why do we stand in a circle and say the name of a person who has passed? Why do we do those things? Because yeah. if you're doing those things and you don't really care, it doesn't mean anything to you, then maybe don't do that. Switch it up. Maybe exactly. standing in a circle and saying the, the name of a person that has passed isn't the thing that you want to do, but instead it's somebody that you wish to honor that year. Somebody who impacted your life that year. Switch it up and do it. Yeah. Right. Because it's about tradition and not so much this religious holiday yeah. that you have to follow. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think yeah. that's what I love about it most. I, don't I really. Yeah, I like that. I like that. But I, I agree with you. I think with holidays come expectations and with traditions, you know, what I mean, like it comes purpose. Right. <laughs> even even the year that you don't like it and don't want to be here you, you show up because you know there's a bigger that you should be here there's a bigger reason it's not about mm-hmm. your feelings and how you feel about it I think that's a higher purpose and I think that again gets lost in translation I think sometimes people think right. purpose is synonymous with you liking it or this is what I want to be doing like no this is what was already set out for you to do whether you're going to answer that right. call of duty or not is on you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, this is going to be your purpose, whether you live up to those expectations you set for yourself or not. So everything I heard you say is things that help you work on that. You know what I mean? Looking at the people in the past, it'll help you understand more about yourself and why you do things you do. Because it's not right. all us. Like, some things was already wired into us. When you pop off at the mouth of people, like, you came from a long line of women who did this. <laughs> this is nothing new. You feel me? It's new to you, but this is nothing is. new. People that knew them, Thank like, they like, oh, yeah, just like your mama. Okay. <laughs> so we we have to understand how they live and circumstances that they were put in and what they were able to do and why Christmas was important to them at the time. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because then we understand, like, like you said, I'm not telling anyone not to do it because people do what they do. <laughs> For whatever reason they do it, that's irrelevant to me. 
but all I can do is show you what works for me. And whether that works or not for you, again, is out of my hands. You yeah. know, so something that already is inviting that way and it's not, there is no pressure, you know, that that's why too, I feel like this would make so much sense for me because it's not like someone's like, people have been forcing me door to door to do it every year. Yeah. <laughs> it comes up when I meet the right people. <laughs> exactly. And then they start talking about it and then everything they talking about just makes sense. You know what I mean? Man, you that's can, you can't be. argue that. Exactly. And I feel like a lot of people, we just do things because we were told to or because we think we should. But if you if you can't answer the question of why am I doing this, then you you shouldn't be doing it. it. If you can't answer that question, then what are you doing? So like we I did a post recently and I said, oh, what did I say? (laughs) I said, if you're black and you choose and i put choose in all caps if you choose to celebrate thanksgiving and not kwanzaa don't talk to me (laughs) but if you celebrate thanksgiving and not kwanzaa and you don't know why then hit me up because we got a lot to talk about and the reason that i said that was just because people make choices but they are misinformed so it's like you are choosing to celebrate Thanksgiving. Now, Thanksgiving has always been huge when I grew up. Always. It's all, you know, family got together. My dad's in the kitchen cooking. And the last few years I was in the kitchen cooking. So it, it, it has always been huge for me. But after coming to Nigeria, and I mean, being married has changed me. It has really helped me evolve as a person. So it made me look at certain things and ask myself, why? are we celebrating thanksgiving like what does it mean and why do we celebrate it on that day so of course i have to do the research let's go back to why thanksgiving is what it is what's a messed up holiday i'm here to tell you native americans call it the national day of mourning and here we are Ooh, feasting yes let's wait what are you doing if you choose exactly if you choose to celebrate Thanksgiving, but you choose not to celebrate Kwanzaa, I don't want to talk to you because that tells me right through here that you are making choices based on misinformation or lack of information or your inability to go in search of that information. Yeah. And I don't want nothing to do with you as a person. Yeah. And I feel like that is the cop out for not researching. People become certain about things. And if you certain about right. something, I know you don't know what you're talking about. You just look silly. Because I know exactly. you don't know what you're talking about. And you're so certain that this is the truth. <laughs> like, why are you so certain? Because they're afraid exactly. of finding out you know the what? truth. If, if somebody was like, I did all of this research. I read this book. I watched this documentary. I did this and I did that. And you still choose to believe what is false. I still won't be mad at you. Because yeah, you sure. went and did it. And you made the choice based on what you believed you were informed about. And sometimes this emotion, sometimes they just don't like it. People are fickle like that. Like they will not do some some big shit for them if they don't like it. (laughs) Um, Or if it rubbed them the wrong way, if it's uncomfortable. You know what I mean? A lot of how our generation lives is based on comfort because we grew up in so many uncomfortable situations. So now people like they will kill over their comfort. Hmm. and that is certainty that's where certainty lies we have to be uncertain about everything and that's where humanity lies and humbleness because we don't know shit and sometimes we think we know too much so we try to become certain about something so we can move on to the next thought but if we just keep all of our thoughts open and realize we don't know anything we can constantly learn and retain new information you know what i mean that's the point of new information it's supposed to change your mind (laughs) that's why we go 
travel places. That's why we get married. That's why we get in relationships. Those experiences are supposed to evolve your mind. So now this is not just a, a vacation. This can become my day-to-day life. I wish a lot of people would think that way because it would have Oh, it's hurt. It hurts, so it hurts your brain. <laughs> yeah, because like yeah, a lot of so people again, think, oh, that's I, uncomfortable. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like a lot of people say, oh, I am exactly how I was 10, 20 years ago. And I'm so proud of that. Why are you proud that's of that? Scary. That means you didn't evolve at all. And that scares me. Somebody change. can you didn't do that progress. for that long. Yeah. That's oh, my God. I then and you know like I said it was after and and I think I keep saying oh it's because I got married that changed me but I think there was so much involved in my marriage that led to who I am now but it was the move from America to Nigeria that in and of itself changed yeah. me being in a whole different country that culture shock is what changed me being with a guy who's Catholic that changed me being married for the first time being in a long-term relationship for the first time that yeah. changed me so all of that stuff changed me so when i hear people who are twice or three times my age talking about oh i'm exactly how i was when i was your age why i'm sorry yeah. but if, I, if i'm 50 <laughs> and i am how i am right now i'm gonna be pissed at myself because i got way too much evolving yeah. and changing so if 30 years... We're going to have to have a long conversation, me and myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would be so mad at myself. Like, you messed up. You messed up. <laughs> yeah, I agree. That's that's one, of, that's one of... I have so many quotes, but that's one of my favorite ones. Uh, Muhammad Ali said, the man who lives his life at 20 the same way at 50 wasted 30 years of his life. Like, life is almost, like, about progression. Life is almost about us valuing the time we're here because when you're not growing or progressing you know you're not appreciating the time that you have you know what i mean you're not you can't understand on a higher level everybody wasn't granted this much time and some people did like everything they could in a little bit of time they had so like we Mm -hmm. stretch our time too much and we just loiter we just (laughs) hang around and we not really living we just existing so all of these thought all of these things come from your mindset your mindset is the first thing if you want to change yourself like it's your mindset you know what i mean and then understanding like you can't just change a part of yourself if you want to change you gotta change everything you gotta you like you said you gotta question everything about yourself yeah like and that's hard (laughs) that comes with a lot of security so if you're battling insecure things you gotta figure out where that stems from and heal that of yourself and let that shit go (laughs) because clearly now yeah. it's a it's a bigger problem because it's holding you back now like it's it's keeping you from progressing so literally yeah. if it's just apologizing to your child or your ex like do that and let that go like yeah. move on but those or sometimes not. the little barriers we will allow to stay up and now we can't progress right you feel me so yeah all it is yeah. i think is what we should be giving to each other much much more there's nothing i heard about kwanzaa ever and i thought like ooh, holiday like i thought i seen <laughs> togetherness i seen i seen yeah. what was being talked about i seen the people who were doing the talking you feel me always good energy mm-hmm. people always people i wouldn't mind being around more you mm-hmm. know what i mean so i had to understand like okay I'm also, I had to humble myself, like, this is their time, their platform. I haven't researched this enough to even indulge in it or speak on it. And I'm a person that loves my research before I really dive into something. Because when I dive in, I'm in. Like, now I'm in, in. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So this is great. I think this is great just having this kind of insight, you know what I mean? Us being able to share these kind of conversations with someone who, like you said, you grew up in this. And I have never, my family has never done this. So 
I think I took a lot from this. Um, is there anything you want to leave us with? Yeah, I mean, for those who are interested, who wanna, who want Kwanzaa to become part of their tradition, they could join us via Zoom. Uh, I guess we, I can give you the registration link and you disseminate that how you will. Okay. Uh, but register. We are going to meet every day at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Every day of Kwanzaa, that's the 26th to January 1st. And we're going to be celebrating. We've released a couple of videos already, but we're continuing to release videos so y'all could watch them and properly prepare for Kwanzaa so you know what it's about and what you're supposed to be doing. Uh, so when you come on the 26th, you can't, you're not going to be like, oh, I don't have a Tanara. Oh, I never got candles. No, we're going to hook you up, tell you where to get them, how to get them, and how to properly prepare. So just follow us on everywhere. <laughs> what they, what's your name everywhere? Oh, uh, so the Emancipation Movement on Facebook is Emancipation365. That's a Facebook page and a Facebook group. So you can go there. On Instagram, it's Emancipation MVMT movement. Um, but me, I'm on Facebook as Portia Mystique Steel. Awesome. <laughs> that is so awesome. Well, art. Great show. Um, y'all know where to find us at. We're on every major podcast platform. This episode will also be up today. Um, I have a new little tradition I've started myself um, with other vloggers that I'm a part of. It's called Vlogmas, where you vlog something every day in December. And it's, oh. but it's things of substance and things of purpose and intention. You know what I mean? So, yeah, this is day one. Congrats. Yay! <laughs> oh! <laughs> I felt like a real audience. Like, I, I'm so... Yeah. <laughs> I'm so taken back by the energy. Thank you. You're welcome.